The advice given on sex and other human activities is for entertainment purposes only. If you've got a question for us, send us an email at cavecomedyradio at gmail.com. I eat a lot of chocolate, but I also drink a lot of soda. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Sex and Other Human Activities, ladies and gentlemen. I eat a lot of chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Jackie Zabrowski. Oh, yeah, and I'm Marcus Parks. Uh, We were just talking about that, that I had to get rid of all the... um, Candy. Yeah, man, I had to get rid of all of the candy in my house because I eat it until I feel sick. And my mom, which I didn't realize when I came home from Christmas, had secretly packed... All of the candy that I had left out of my bag, but she found secret compartments inside of my bag and filled them with candy. So I have so much candy, and I just, I've been eating until I get sick. I cannot, I have no self-control when it comes to anything, and candy I just can't have in my life. That's unfortunate. I, I can't buy, I mean, I never buy it. I yeah. never have it around, but it's always Christmas time when it's sent with me, and so today I just, uh... I gave it. I gave it away to friends. So you're so you're telling me that your mom, in the same, pretty much in the same breath, gets on you about your weight while also packing secret candy because she didn't want the candy in her house anymore. <laughs> so she wanted me to take the candy, but she knew that Henry couldn't have the candy because Henry's losing weight. Okay. So she knew that I would definitely eat the candy. <laughs> Jesus Christ, all the fucking candy. I was like, don't give me all this candy. I gotta get rid of the candy now. I gotta throw it away. This fucking kid died in Africa never even eating a piece of candy. Send them all the candy. You mail candy? Yeah, to I don't have Africa. No vegetables, nothing of nutrients, but here, have all this candy. Oh, they need some gobstoppers. I mean, they've never had a gobstopper before. Maybe they have, I don't know. They I'm don't pleading have- my igor- ignorance right now. Well, I guess the one thing that that's on everybody's mind this week, the one sad thing that has happened, I guess now that we're recording this, the second sad thing has happened. You know, Alan Rickman died, but, you yeah. know, that's sad. But the biggest thing, of course, is David Bowie dying on yes. Monday. Uh, and even though I knew that he was dying because through various things, actually mostly through blind items on yes. page seven, the cancer rumors have been around for a couple of years. It still came as a pretty big shock to me when it, when I saw the news, when I saw the New York post uh, front page, which kind of looked like a back to the future front page. It was very, yes, it was very weird. Yeah. And I, I mean, I woke up on Monday to, uh, you know, I get up really early in the morning, so I woke up around 5 a.m. to about 17 text messages from everyone that was drinking the night before, from like 2 until about 15 minutes before I woke up, <laughs> and everyone was so upset, and, said, oh, and like, I just woke up, and I'm also dealing with other shit in my life, I just burst into tears. Yeah. <laughs> Especially 5 a.m., you got, I have no filter, I can't, for, you know, there is no thinking of anything else. I couldn't control myself. 5 a.m., time to think about death. Time to start crying to start your day. And that's what I did. Yeah, I found out when I was uh, on my way uh, to work on Monday. Uh, I was uh, transferred at the Hoyt Skimmerhorn Station. They got a little newspaper uh, stand there, and I saw the front page. And immediately I put on my, uh, my favorite Bowie album, uh, which is Low, uh, which was released in the mid-'70s. 
it was my first instinct, and boy, did I have some bad instincts on that. Mm. First time I've ever cried on the train. Interesting. Yeah, I had, yeah. well, I've not my first time, but I definitely cried at work. <laughs> I certainly did. Uh, definitely not your first time crying at no, work. No, no, no. Probably not even your first time this month. No, no, no. <laughs> but it was the first time it was uncontrollable while, like, like right. a certain song came on. I don't even really want to talk about it. I know. But a certain song came on, and I was giving someone a latte, and then I went to go make another one, and I'm, like, steaming the milk, and all of a sudden I was like, <laughs> and like, and my coworker was like, "You alright?" I was like, "I got it." I'm like trying to finish the drink, but I had to like go in the back and take a second. <laughs> he told his wife he loved her very much. She knows. She knows it. She yeah, man. Oh, I I had the same thing because I I'm immediately I just I just want I had this intensity to listen and and low is uh, a song. It was an album that he wrote uh, that was produced at Brian. He wrote it in uh, Berlin uh, right after like he had lost his mind on cocaine. He had spent years on just like in so one of what the was most that line. It's like he he said that he only ate. Cocaine, uh, milk, and red peppers. Red peppers, yeah. milk, and cocaine yeah, for, for, a, cu- for y- a couple of years. Yeah, because yeah. that's what he believed. Because he believed that witches were coming to steal his semen to make a hum- homunculus, a David Bowie homunculus. Or there's it. that story, and then there's also the story that uh, they were trying to create a Bowie baby that they could then sacrifice. Ooh, yeah, out of his semen. Understandable. <laughs> I mean, it sounds great. At the time, especially, that's all inside of you? I mean, yeah, I mean, I'd probably believe it, too. I'd be totally down with it. When I was fucking speed out of my head, hadn't slept in days, and was had eaten an apple in, like, five days, <laughs> I definitely had some thoughts. <laughs> I had a few things going inside my fucking brain. Oh, yeah, on one day on debt, like, on one binge on day three, when the sun came up, I just, I realized that I'd been holding my breath all night long because the vampires were coming to get me. You know? When the sun came up, I was like, well... At least the vampires didn't get me again. <laughs> Great. Great. It's another new fucking day, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, so I get it. I, I get the paranoia that he went through, but he finally uh, was starting to get out of it. And that in low is the album that he wrote when he was getting out of it. Uh, and it's very, it's a transformative album, specifically uh, side two on it. Uh, side one has some fantastic, like, you know, just, you know, Bowie pop songs like Sound and Vision, Always Crashing in the mm-hmm. Same Car. Uh, just fantastic, great songs. But side B is almost all instrumental. And it is a when since he's writing it from a transformative place, at least what what it kind of sounds like with my interpretation, I guess, is that he is transforming from a five year cokehead uh, and not only just a, just not not only just fucking coke, but also going through all these transformations uh, and consciously making these transformations where he's like, OK, now I'm Ziggy Stardust. Now I'm the thin white Duke, you know, uh, but this is a point in his life where he doesn't know what's coming next, where he's just sort of giving himself over to this transformative feeling. Uh, and you really hear that in side B and what side B and maybe it's just now that I'm listening to it through this lens, but it sounds like the afterlife. It sounds like death. 
Uh, but or at least it sounds like one interpretation the of, before the beginning. Exactly. The transformation. What I kind of hope death sounds like uh, where it's very uneasy. It's very otherworldly. It's very ethereal. Uh, but that's what truly got me when that start. Like I almost lost it during sound and vision. But when the uh, the really when side B kicked in, that's when it was like, <laughs> Fuck, man. Is no one else crying on this train? Why is it everybody crying? Is it just crying? me? Is not everyone crying? You monsters! <laughs> You're all monsters! <laughs> but it, it eventually, it, and you know, and for the first few hours of the day, it's like I'm just trying, like, trying to fuck, I'm trying to process it. I'm trying, like, you know, one of my assistants came in and, like, not too long after I got into work, uh, and she's like, Yeah, did you hear the news? I'm like, Yes, and I would appreciate it if you did not mention it once anymore for the rest of the day. Do not mention it at all, please. Thank you. Uh, Almost, you know, a, a little curt, but it was pretty much just like, I do not want to cry in front of you. Please do not make me cry in front of you. I don't want to do this right now. Um, but it's like we were talking about before the show. And it, well, and also I eventually got to a point after a few hours of trying to figure it out, doing some writing, trying to figure out exactly what I was feeling with it. Uh, what I and also started watching some videos, and I watched a video for uh, Ashes to Ashes, which is like 1980. It's the sequel to Space Odyssey. Yes. Uh, and the video is him dressed up as a clown, you know, doing these weird dances, like walking and doing weird dances in front of a bulldozer, and just sort of dancing around. And that's what it kind of hit me. It's like Bowie is supposed to be fun. Like well, that's Bowie, the whole thing, too. At that point, too, he was, like, looking back at what he did and he's like, yeah, no, I remember when I said all that, but now I'm doing this. <laughs> like, it's like, follow me on this weird fucking journey. That's fucking life, man. Yeah, You, you just, can be whatever you want to be. Anything. Do whatever you want to do, man. And, like, that's that was what he was. Yeah, just a fun weirdo. Just a weirdo that's having fun with himself. Uh, and what he always... What he like to say about himself is that he was not so much a musician as he was an artist that used music as his medium uh which i think he's i honestly think he's one of like maybe 10 people in the world to pull it off ever yeah, yeah, yeah. like <laughs> to actually like to actually do that um and what we were talking about before the show uh was all of let's call them poo pooers the naysayers. There's a lot of poopers. A lot of poopers there saying, like, God, you didn't even know him. You didn't even get, like, what? why are you being so sad about this? You didn't even know the guy. Be sad about your own life. There's so many different things in this world to be sad about. Why are you sad about this? And it's not, I'm not, you're not mourning, like, a dude that you knew. Like, yeah, we didn't know fucking, I don't even know anyone who's met him. Much less fucking know the guy himself. That's not what you're mourning. Like, what what was it that you said about it, Jackie? Well, because what, what I'm mourning is, like, the memories that are brought up. Yeah. Of, like, each album, for me, was, like, a different time in my life when I was obsessed with that specific album. Mm -hmm. And, like, just listening to it brought back all this stuff that I haven't thought about in a really long fucking time. Yeah. Because you're right. Like, I I mean, Hunky Dory is an album that I still listen to probably once a week. Oh, That's yeah. one of those ones I had on vinyl in college. We listen to it every fucking day. That's just great. But, like, there are some of them, like Aladdin saying that, like, I love, but I it's hard for me to listen to it because I remember 
when I listen to that album every single day. Mm-hmm. And it's something that like I didn't want to deal with. And then I listened to it on Monday and I cried about that. And I cried about how like it's just different music, which we've talked about this on here before, when like there's just certain things that you listen to to ignite a certain part of you. Yeah. Whether it's part of your brain, part of your heart, or part of you know, just like something from your past or or something that you want or or anything. And and for every single person, his music is different. And there's a lot of people didn't really give a fuck. And that's fine. And I'm just more I, I was more mourning the the fact that he inspired me and touched me in so many different ways that like like I said, that I, I can't even deal with it. Yeah. And how many times, like, like in, like, you know, and I'm saying this in a, you know, hallucinogenic phase that, like, I would sit and think and sob and, like, but, like, how many times it opened up my brain. But, I mean, the hallucinogenics helped. Well, they helped. But I would be <laughs> listening to it and, like, what he would say and how he said it would touch me in such a way that there were certain things in my life that I changed because of him. Yeah. And how I dealt with the world that I changed because of him and how it helped me with my anger that I've changed because of him. Because of him. And, like, I don't want to write that shit on, on Facebook. <laughs> I don't want to write It's like, no. this is hard enough for me. I almost didn't want to talk about it today. Yeah, I'll, I'll, <laughs> yeah I'm not going to talk about this stuff. I, I just made a joke about him eating red peppers on fucking Facebook. You know, sure. it's like, that's not the, the time for, like, not that, you know. And as far as, like, Bowie changing it, like, for me, Bowie was who turned music on in my head. I remember it so clearly. This is one of my clearest memories of uh, childhood. That we were, I was driving with my parents at night. In the middle of an ice storm. It was pitch black. I mean, we're in the middle of nowhere, Texas. It's pitch black. We're driving up this huge, already dangerous hill. Uh, and we're listening to, like, a classic rock s- station. And, you know, it's, you know, most of the time it's your, like, regular fare, whatever. Uh, and then all of a sudden Space Odyssey comes on. And it is the perfect moment for it. Like, I mean, it is we're on the edge of death. You know, we are out in, like, it feels like outer space. And I'm just staring, like, this song comes on, and I'm just sitting in the middle and just staring out the window. uh, And something turned on in my brain at that moment. Something, like, there was such a connection to music that I had never felt before in my life. I know a lot of people, like music lovers, they they have that like moment that's like, okay, this is something different. This isn't just background noise. This isn't. <laughs> well, before that, my favorite song was probably Adam's Family Rap, you know, <laughs> <laughs> or something super dumb kid stuff, you right. know. Uh, and then, but with Space Odyssey, like that turned something on in my brain, and it changed me forever. And I think a lot of people feel like that. You feel like that. I feel like that. Like it's so. You know, such a trans—he's such a transformative figure in so many people's lives. Whether it it be uh, inspiring you as an artist uh, or telling you that you're okay as who you are, who you want to—you can be anyone that you want to be. And if you don't want to be that person anymore, then fucking stop being them. Be somebody Change else. It. Change it. Be somebody else. Uh, and I think that's why people were so. Um, Affected by this in so many different ways uh, because he was the one guy. He's one of those transformative figures that really means a lot to so many people. Uh, and I don't think that you need to come out and tell people they're dumb for that. I don't think you need to. I don't think you need to come out. I don't think that's not the time to um, 
to come out and take a stance. No, because, again, it's like, at the same time, it's like he was so important to me, but I was making fun of the music video that he made a little while ago because mm-hmm. it was so ridiculous, but I thought it was so great because it was so ri- with the seizure dancers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is I'm a black shit. star, not a superstar. I mean, the song is fucking 12 minutes long. I'm not 10 saying minutes long, it's, it's 10 minutes, minutes long. long. But at the same time, it's like, I was making fun of it because he can do whatever the fuck he wants to do. Anything. And how awesome is that? Like, And that's what it was. Uh, let's get a black guy, a uh, white guy, and a little girl. Now shake. Make him shake. Make him shake. Make him shake. I can do whatever I want. I'm fucking David Bowie. And he was, a, and he used that because he could do whatever he wanted to do. And he just yeah. showed you that, like, that you are free. At the end of the day, whatever kind of art you make, what anything you make, anything that you can create in your work, you are free. That's your freedom. Do yeah. it. I mean, that's what he was. He was fearless artistically all the time. Uh, and sometimes that resulted in some really bad music. Yes, of course. And, <laughs> yeah. and that's okay. I'm not saying he was infallible. No, he definitely wasn't infallible and he definitely wasn't perfect. Um, but that's what's fun. It's okay to not be perfect. Yes, it's okay <laughs> to not be perfect. It's okay to just do whatever you feel is right to do uh and if it doesn't work then move on even if it does work move on move on because that's what you saw in the 70s is that man it's like everything except for one album everything worked for him every one right after another every album from 1970 until 1980 everything except for one album worked and but he could have stayed. He could have made two, three Ziggy Stardust albums. Yeah, you know, he could have stayed in like his hunky dory face. He could have stayed in the Diamond Dogs character and wrote like a whole series of post-apocalyptic uh, masterpieces. But no, he kept changing because he wanted to, and because he felt that that's what was going to propel him forward. And I think that's a great lesson. I think, but I think the big, the best lesson that any of us can learn from Bowie came at the very end of his life. He knew he had been dying for eighteen months. Before and then he the finally play died. too, and like the whole play that it's like about the man who fell from Earth, but years later, I mean that he had planned out because talk about using art like that that was his art mm. through music and through performance that that's what he did that like he planned it out this way. Well, not just that. Not only did he plan it out, but he saw the end of his life and he ran. Like he didn't let it. He didn't let it paralyze him. He didn't let the fear overtake him. He used that fear because if you watch the video for Black Star, that is a terrified man. Like David Bowie ran towards death, terrified the entire time. Well, my interpretation of that video is that you see the bandages over his eyes and the little black buttons over it is that that is a man who has spent his entire life dabbling in the occult. You know, t- dabbling in you know certain esoteric things here and there. He's at the end of his life, and he is admitting that he sees nothing he in front of him. Doesn't know. There's all nothing. He can, all he can do, he can pretend that he sees something. He can pretend that he might know what's going on, but he doesn't. And he is, he is terrified. He is absolutely terrified during all of that. And also, when you, uh, I mean, there's well, I'll talk about that on a different show, uh, but. Yeah, the man's at the end of his life, and he's terrified, but he ran towards it. He used that terror even until the day he died. He used his own terror to create beautiful art. And he also, this man, he's dying of cancer. He releases, records and releases an album. He co-writes a play. He releases... And he was at almost all of the rehearsals for. He was at uh, almost all the rehearsals. He films and supervises two... 
uh, fantastic videos, one of which is pretty much a short film, uh, and he just did it without fear as far as artistically goes. Yes, he had fear existentially, but he didn't have any fear artistically. He just did it, and that's beautiful. He was like, an inspiration to the very end. Yeah, an insp- an inspiration to the very end, absolutely. Uh, and he's... Ah, he'll he'll be he'll be missed, but I will say, he put the perfect button on his life right? at the very like he he lived the life that he was meant to live. He didn't die in any sort of like stupid way, like he didn't die of a fucking heroin. I mean, he never did heroin, but his heart never exploded from cocaine. Uh, he didn't die in a car crash or anything like that. He went out on his own terms, uh, and it's just such. Um, a beautiful life, and that's fucking that's rare. And he is uh, his life and his work, and I think maybe that's one of the reasons why people mourn him the most is because his life and his work is something to be appreciated because it's so rare. Uh, it's something that doesn't show up in this world often, um, but it's not here anymore, and that's kind of sad. But we can all appreciate, and we learned from that it. We witnessed it, and hopefully that we can take something from it. That's all you can do. And I think we can. I mean, I know it inspires me. It inspires the fuck out of me. But like, also the fact that he was a good guy too. Like it wasn't even <laughs> like he was a shithead. Like everything no. that you see, it's just like, yeah, he would show up in jeans and a t-shirt, and he just fucking hung out and everything. Like he never, you know. He, I mean, he was married to Iman for, for fuck's sake. Oh, hot, 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 and like he was just. <laughs> Chilling, man. Yeah. He just did. He just did what he wanted to do. And a funny dude, and uh, had a sense of humor about himself. I was in a bunch of like, that he did some dumb movies, so that's great. Yeah, make kind of maybe want to watch the Prestige again, which I never said I would ever want to watch again. <laughs> he man, he made the Man Who Fell to Earth, which yep. is a fantastic movie. He uh, made a vampire movie. <laughs> he uh, can do whatever he wants. I can't remember what the vampire movie is called. Oh man, I I can't. I think no, I can see the cover of it. The Hunger. <laughs> That's what we have to sit. We got to sit and watch The Hunger. Yeah, we got to sit and watch. Definitely got to sit and watch The Hunger. And, of course, like Labyrinth. And, and, uh, yes, of course. Like that's the one that people are, are hammering on. Uh, but, yeah, man, you got to watch The Hunger. You got to watch You gotta watch The Man Who Fell to Earth. Yeah. Uh, you have to watch that. That is a, a beautiful. It, it's, a, it's sleepy, but just, you know. Go see the play, too. I'd love to if I could. Well, now I'm never going to see it. Yeah. <laughs> we tried to get tickets before all this. Now, I mean, we're never going to get tickets. No, never going to. But maybe one day, way in the future. Yes. We may. All right. Well, you want to get to our letters for today? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not thinking about David Bowie. Everything's fine. Don't think about David Bowie. You can think about David Bowie, but we got to think. We have to. Let's think. Can we do both? I think we can do both. All well, right. We have to do both. <laughs> All right, what are we going to call this lady? Uh, it has nothing to do with David Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> Squealy girl. Wee, wee, wee. No, that's mean. I'm not trying to be mean. I was trying to, I'm just trying to not say, like, hunky-dory. We could say hunky-dory. All right, hunky-dory. Say hunky-dory. Hi, Marcus and Jackie. Please can I be anonymous, partly because my question is embarrassing and partly because I want a new name from Jackie. You got one. Hunky Dory. Hell yeah. I am nearly 35 and have never really been in any serious relationships. 
I guess there are a lot of reasons. I'm not particularly attractive. I'm quite shy, and I quite like being on my own. I'd like a boyfriend, though, and I'm trying out Tinder as my method. My problem is that, not having had a whole lot of practice, I'm pretty sure I am rubbish in bed. What would you suggest I do? I think people would assume that by my age, I would be pretty skilled in this area. I'm just too embarrassed about this and too scared to sleep with anyone. Any suggestions would be ace. I also think I maybe saw Jackie when I was in New York City recently and was going to say hello, but thought you'd think I was a bit weird. So, hello. Thanks loads. Hunky Dory. Girl, you can talk to me anytime. <laughs> I mean, I told you I have constant bitch face, but that's just my face. You don't. I'm I'm just usually angry. <laughs> but I would love to talk to anybody anytime. Um, man, don't worry about being in bed. Nah, dude. Oh my god, are you kidding? Anybody that is about to sleep with somebody is just excited to sleep with somebody. Yes. Or hook up with somebody or make out with somebody. And also, I mean, I was kind of saying this Marcus before, and I mean this is terribly sexist. But I think in in all accounts, I I feel like for the most part it's difficult for a woman to be really bad in bed. Yeah, remarkably bad. Because, I mean, if you, you know, are chomping on a dick during a blowjob, don't do that. Bad. You know, it's like you're using too much teeth, don't do that anywhere on any part of the body, don't do that. Unless Try, the guy likes it. Unless the guy likes it. But that's something that you would learn over time. Mm-hmm. I'm saying straight up, as long as you're not laying there like a corpse, women are are much easier to fake when when they haven't had a lot of sex. Mm-hmm. Men, on the other hand, cannot. I was saying I would much rather sleep with a 20-year-old woman than sleep with a 20-year-old man. Right. Because it it's a lot easier for men to be bad in bed. It is, it is definitely easier. Uh, but, you know, not to say to, to those people out there who may, uh, like, you know, older guys that may not have lost their virgin yet, uh, don't be, like, super... You know, self-conscious about that now or anything like that. Uh, it's definitely totally okay if you're a, a dude that hasn't quite let go of it yet. But hunky dory, you're gonna be fine. Sex I've- is just. Fun. I mean, you gotta remember at the end of the day, sex is fun. Yeah. And as long as you are having fun and you're having a good time, and I know that you said that you're kind of shy, start off slow, and that's all you gotta do. Especially like if you're looking for somebody in your age group. You know, a lot of people have been burned in your age group. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's also a good thing is that, like, it's people that have learned a lot and are looking for someone that's not, depending on what they came from, they're usually looking for something a little more stable. Yeah. And so they're not looking for, a, like, a, you know, a sex pot or anything like that, depending on who you're going on dates with. But the way you described yourself, I don't think you would be going after some kind of crazy-ass hound dog. No. Which, I mean, they're fun, but sometimes it's a little much. It can definitely be a little much. It's, I think you'll be able to, at the end of the day, find a guy that's going to be totally cool. And I don't think you even have to say anything about it. I really don't. I don't think you have to be really upfront about that. And if you want, I don't even know if you need to take it slow. You might just want to jump right in. You can, depending on the person that you're going out with. Hop on that dick. If you want to hop on that dick, hop on that dick. (laughs) It's completely up to you, you know? And it's like, you just have to remember that you can control the situation. If you're in a situation that where you don't want to hop on that dick, don't hop on that dick. You ain't got to. No, you ain't got to. Yeah, you find find the right guy to hop on that dick. And you don't sound, I mean, it, from what you said, it doesn't sound like you're a virgin or anything Mm-mm. like that. Like, it sounds like you've had some experience with sex in the past. Uh, but, 
I think you can just kind of get back in there, especially like Tinder. Like most people are just kind of looking to get laid. But also just remember, you like yourself. You know, it's like I know that you said that you are shy, but you didn't say anything about a lack of confidence. No. And that is all that matters at the end of the day. When you're looking for, for whether you're looking for a boyfriend or you're looking for just a good hot fuck, confidence gets you everywhere. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter what you weigh. It doesn't matter anything. Even if you got a fake confidence, if you just need to get laid, fake it till you make it, girl. Oh, yeah. And that can easily be done. I mean, it is. And it's like, but... I'm saying this as I, I haven't been shy in a long time, but I was shy for a while, and I didn't think that anyone would want to be interested in me ever, and that's why they weren't. And I mean, and that's what it was that I was just so down on myself, and I'm like, oh, I'm not good enough because even you know, like early on. I mean, this I'm saying early, but like when you're talking middle school, when everyone's talking about their fucking people, and I was like, I've never even. Yeah, me too, man. I can't even imagine. I was a teeny little bug boy. You were a bug boy. I was a fat, <laughs> fat mop head. So, but it's it's all about gaining perspective and realizing that it's like, you know, if you have friends, go hang out, go meet somebody, go talk to somebody at a bar. And, and it's like, get, I mean, if you, if you partake, get a few fucking drinks in you. Talk to somebody. Yeah. Worst that happens is they just stop talking to you. Yeah. The best way to do it is with strangers. That is true. Yeah, don't try to do the thing where you like you fuck a friend to try to get it over with. That's, that's not, not good. That's not a good that's idea. That's never a good idea. No, that's that's not definitely good. talked about that on here before. Yeah. Sometimes it's a good idea. Sometimes. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it works out. A lot of times don't. Usually it doesn't. Yeah. But it's like talk to coworkers. I keep thinking about love actually because Alan Rickman <laughs> died. But like that whole thing about Laura Linney and the guy that's really hot in her office that she wanted to bang for a really long time and Alan Rickman's just like she's like he knows that I want to bang him and he's like yeah and she's like and you know I want to bang him he's like yeah he's like just bang him do it do it did Alan Rickman really say just bang him no (laughs) but uh he was oh he was a saucy bad man in that movie kind of bad kind of sexually bad oh okay but that's the problem. Is Just that every, toss him. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> he was English, I, right? Yeah, I forgot yeah. what he said in it, though. He's, just, it's something similar to that. Just boof him. Yeah, just give him a, give him a knob. <laughs> he didn't say knob. Well, I just, I, I think at the end of the day, though, a lot more weight is put on it than you think. Yeah. Because everybody wants to fuck, and the people who don't want to fuck, don't fuck. Yeah. But if you want to fuck, get out there and fuck, girl. Yeah, you do it. And it's like, take the boyfriend thing in stride. And if, you, if you're if really self-conscious about, you know, how you are in bed, I mean, I don't know if this is bad information, but, or bad uh, advice, but I mean, fuck people on Tinder until y- you find the confidence that you think that you're better at it, even though you don't need to. And then you can start looking for a boyfriend. I don't think that's bad advice at all, as long as you're safe. I feel like It doesn't my... sound like you don't like to fuck. It sounds that's like you like to fuck. And I feel like it, like when I fucked a lot, a lot, a lot, it's like I learned a lot. Yeah, yeah, me I too. A lot real fast. Yeah, me too, man. I learned about what I did like. I learned about what I didn't like because also that helps you be a little more forceful in the long run of being like, yeah, I tried that and I don't like that mm-hmm. and I don't want to do that. Yeah. Rather than doing it with, so- I mean, or you can if you start seeing someone that you want to be that's boyfriend material and you grow together. But then that takes, it takes time to really learn how to talk about sex if you're not used to talking about it. Yeah. I think if you take it 
slow fast? Is that what we <laughs> is that what we could call slow it? Fast. Slow fast. Yeah, it's like fuck as much as you want, but as far as the boyfriend thing goes, take that take that slow. Because especially on Tinder, it's like or like just set the bar. Like I don't know because you can set age groups on Tinder, right? I don't know. I've never used it. I think that you can, and I would say put the bar higher. Like do like a higher age group mm. too. Or it doesn't matter what you are, they're just having to be fucking somebody younger than them. <laughs> and I'm talking 40. I'm not saying like that. I'm not saying, you know, 65, but like you're a saucy minx no matter what. I think that's good. That was the advice at least I just gave gave to my recently single 32-year-old friend who she said no one in their early 30s is 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 good or like they all are like still seeing other people. And I was like, you got to go later. You got to go to the people that are getting divorced. <laughs> <laughs> for that friend, I think that's good advice. I th- yeah, it's perfect advice for her. And that's all we have time for today on Sex and Other Human Activities. If you have questions or comments for us, the uh, email address is cavecomedyradio at gmail.com. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Is it life on Mars?